Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John and Dave. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John Answer and the Dave. door. Knock, knock. Who is there? It's John Why are they and ringing Dave the doorbell? We've John got a doorbell Dave. for a reason. <laughs> John, you have two choices. Okay. The first is you eat better every day, but it's really difficult. Go on. That's choice one. Two, the second is you eat better every day, but it's really easy. <laughs> Man, that's tough. This is already taking too long. That you is tough. Okay. Sorry. Well, okay. I, I, I prefer the second one where yep. you eat better every day yep. and it's yeah, really that's right. easy. That's the right answer. Uh, in fact, I'd like for it to take the form of delicious ready-to-eat meals. Can oh, I add that to the scenario? Mac, you are going to love Factor. Are you ready for factor. pre-prepared, yes. chef-crafted, yes. and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door? John, let's tell them quickly what's not going to happen. Where are they not delivering? They're not going to leave it on the corner. Nope. Nope. Unless you live right on the corner. Yeah, then they're going to live it. They're not going to find a street child. We have those everywhere in 12 South. And street just give child. it to the street child as they disappear into a back alley somewhere. No, it's not going to happen. And listen, yeah. you said dietitian approved. Yeah. Dave, you know this is about me. I only eat food that's, that's dietitian approved. That's why I said approved. it, John. Not only that, but you'll also have over 35 meals to choose from. You come to me and, and you say every week, Dave, I'll take 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. And it, it is 35, John, meals to choose from. And that's per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, yes. vegan, and yes. veggie, and what we call that the VNV, mm-hmm. and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Dave, the only question that I'm left with is what am I waiting mm. for? Okay, I'll answer my own question. Okay. Nothing. Whoa. Right? Okay. I'm Just ready for factors two-minute meals. They're not three minutes. You don't have time for that. Two minutes. So I can fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, again, Dave, straight to your door. Knock, knock, who's there? Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices. Let me tell you what they're not going to do, John. Hot I'm going to be warm-pressed. Not even warm. Oh, no. There was a huge fat in the 70s. Didn't work. <laughs> Smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, <laughs> veggie sides, and more to eat. To eat, to keep you energized. Eat, and they're going to keep you energized, John. During <laughs> frantic times. I'm frantic right now because you're just so, so pumped frantic. up. I'm so pumped up. Dave, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options. Ooh. You know I love upscale. upscale. You you're Uptown, upscale, girl. I was going to say. You're- yeah. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Gracious. Right? I do 18 for sure. Yeah. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your delivery Anytime. Anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash dadville50 and use code dadville50 to get 50% off. No, that can't be right. No, it is. That's too good of a deal. Yeah. That's code dadville50 at factormeals.com slash dadville50 to get 50% off. That's half if my math is correct. (laughs) It is. Go get it, guys. Dadville. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Brandon Heath. So folks... So we're starting now, by the way. Okay. Okay. Do you need to... No, I'm, I'm good. Do you just stretch or do any push-ups? Right? <laughs> I did that before I came. <laughs> I saw you in the yard. Was I was, amazing. yeah. 
<laughs> You're going to do this in, in that just, outfit? Well, you know, I didn't want to. I say that with zero judgment. <laughs> I just want to give you the chance. <laughs> you guys, you don't have your shoes on, so you're way more comfortable than I am. But I'm wearing my wife's socks oh. accidentally. So, Th- this Hey, listen, hey, can I say, if, yeah. if this isn't an accident, if this is something that happens, mm-hmm. I want to say you're in a safe place <laughs> because Amy and I... Y'all swap socks. Do this sometimes. Yeah. Are you socks. Whenever swappers? I do the if if I want to do the no show, it's the no show. Yeah. yeah, they're hard to tell because yeah. when I buy no show quote unquote socks for for men, they show. Yeah, they're too. I I need like I need them to be tiny. Mm-hmm. You need tight. them barely on your ankle. Barely. We are. I don't know Hanging how, on. but we we're gonna get new ad pons- sponsors just from this little bit right here. I Somebody listening is like, oh my gosh. This is the perfect demo for our sock company. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. Kay. I'm going to tell you the best no so sh- no show socks. Okay, stance. Oh, those things are great. They're incredible. I've never heard of it. They have the little you grippy guys in the back. Mm-hmm. Those things. I are love the yeah, but guys. they just fit perfectly. Yeah, and they don't like ride down or up. <laughs> oh, you like? Never that? had that problem. <laughs> you know what is an annoying problem? So this is so fun and interesting what we're talking about, but. I, I used to have shoes that when I would run, the sole would come up as I ran in the back. <laughs> like, it would just slowly ride up yeah. until, like, at the end of the run, basically the entire sole was barely s- sticking uh, in my ankle, yes. the back of my ankle, yeah. and it would just mm-hmm. be stuck to the back that of my calf. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm a hard, I'm a big runner, and I'm a hard runner. You are. Um, speaking of runners. Mm, can I just go. say before we, before we start, though, um, that I, this is, I think, the first time I've ever taken my shoes off. That's real comfort, and I do. Want, I want to say it's because it says something I feel about comfortable me. With you. It does. It's you. Yeah, I he's never that. done that with me. No, this is, this wow. is like our what seventy fifth episode or something. Yeah. Did he's you there. need to lay your feet on my chair and mine? Lay your wow. feet on my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, that is. Good. See now, now I'm, getting, I'm now I'm getting self conscious about about my socks. Y'all are close to avataring over there. Slowly <laughs> 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 turn into one person. Um. Okay, so today, as you guys can hear from his beautiful voice, his dulcet-toned voice, <sighs> we have Brandon Heath with us. And so, Brandon, I, you know, I know you know this podcast so well. Uh, I saw the tattoo on your neck as you were sitting down. <laughs> I've listened to every episode last night. <laughs> <laughs> I got you just cranked <laughs> on just twenty speed. I really did a deep dive. Yep. I, I have could smell the Red Bull on your breath. Yeah, I could tell yeah. It was yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Um, so we start each of these with what we call the brag sheet. So it's just kind of like all the cool things about you and what you've done. So uh, buckle up, here we go. I, I like this first one. A singer-songwriter actually from Nashville, which is true. Um, you got a new album, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sweet. Enough already. <laughs> is out on the 22nd of April. Released six albums. Two number one singles on Not Who I Was and Give Me Your Eyes. Ten Dove Award nominations. That's a crazy one. Five of those. Jeez. Five Grammy noms. His first single, Our God Reigns, was nominated for a 2007 for a Dove Award for Worship Song of the Year. And this is one of my favorite things about you. You've written songs for Bebo Norman, Joy, and Christopher Williams and was featured on uh, albums by Seven Glory and George Clay. Joy and Christopher Williams, yeah. as though they were a couple. <laughs> a couple. She tried a few iterations before she landed with the Civil Wars. Um, but so 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 um, this and, and and some of the things that came in here that I I wanted to sort of highlight or, or go back and explain because these are really interesting to me and like feel like fun facts. You know what I mean? Like little mm-hmm. fun. Um, I'd forgotten this that you sang "Love Never Fails" for Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher's wedding. 
Yeah, I is that still on my that. Wikipedia page? No, but it's good. I like this. I think this is interesting. Well, like, how did you. that come? About? I forget how that came about. Um, uh, well, I think it started with my publicist at the time, uh, Jackie Marushka. She sent me. No, 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 no. It was my mom. Oh wow! As it always should start. It, it yeah, started yeah. with my mom. My mom gets People I didn't magazine. See that, that didn't see that happening. coming. Yeah. <laughs> It's very common. <laughs> it all started with my mom. Uh, my mom. With uh, my PR. Nope, nope, not my PR. <laughs> with my mom. That's right. So, Brandon, what's the story? Where are you from? Well, my, my PR. Mom. Nope, I'm sorry. Again. Gosh, my mom. Sorry. <laughs> I was hanging with my dad and my publicist Christmas morning. There oh, we were. That was my mom. <laughs> Which, hey, look, let's be honest. Who is your first publicist but your mom? <laughs> That's there we true, go. man. That is so true. Okay, we have to come. We have to circle back okay, to that. Okay, come okay. On. Come on. So um, my mom owned – I can't say my mom. <laughs> it's like t- telling a, my mom or your mom joke. Uh, she owned a beauty salon in Green Hills. Oh, I forgot oh, about okay. that. Yeah, for many years. She actually just retired like four years ago. Oh, wow. She's in her. She's 73 years old. So she did a lot of hair for a lot of years. Yeah. yeah. But they would always get, you know, salons were always the first ones to get People magazine. Like oh, they would wow. get like the earliest editions. Yeah. You know. And so um, one of her customers uh, was reading the magazine and uh, and Carrie had said something about me and People. And that she uh, loved my music, or she loved my voice, is what she said. That's a compliment. Jeez, well, I know. She's from only Carrie. human, Brandon. No. <laughs> she, no, she's, she's not. I'm not sure she is. Well, we'll get she's to that. Otherworldly, but um, but I I was you know blown away by that. I was, I was yeah. actually writing with Jars that day. I was in the studio with Jars. My mom called, excited to say, Carrie Underwood talked about you in People magazine. Wow. So she brought me the article. And then my publicist, I think it ended up on her radar or whatever. And then um, uh, there was another interview that she was doing about getting married, or she was talking about getting married, and the the guy in the interview was trying to get all this info, intel, on her wedding. And uh, she wasn't giving anything because it was, like, private. um, And I think, uh, yeah, they just didn't want any press or anything. My publicist, she said in the interview, uh, I'll tell you our song is is Love Never Fails by Brandon Heath. That was the only thing she divulged in the, the interview. So my publicist got us together at the ACM Awards. And then uh, I was like, you know, I hear that you're going to be doing my song at your wedding. I mean, what if I came and sang? And uh, so we hatched a plan to surprise Mike. Oh, but, that's so cool. Because he was the the true fan of my music. He's the one that told her about my music. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so she, so I go to the wedding, and it turned out that People Magazine had the the exclusive rights to it. That's why she couldn't tell anybody anything, you know. So um, I fly to Atlanta. Because it was in, as outside Atlanta, in this place called Reynolds Plantation. Oh, I, 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 we go there all the time. Yeah, be- the the what is it? The the um, Ritz. Yeah, the Ritz, Ritz called there, Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. So she had rented out the Ritz. Um, so it was, a th- it was a very small wedding, and so you know there's probably more staff there than there were yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, I wasn't able to go to the ceremony because Mike would have seen me, you know? Oh, yeah. So she had me um, rehearse with the string section, and it was all these guys that had played on the record. No way. She hired all the string section that played. Oh, that's so that's cool. cool. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's amazing. So we, we, we went like through Love Never Fails once, and then um, that was the song that they walked into. That is so cool. That's it really was really, cool. it was amazing. Yeah. And it was just her family. There were no famous people there. Wow. It was just their, their two families. It sounds like to me they were... Three famous people. That's, oh, that's them true. And, and, and uh, Heath. this guy. Uh, no, I, I. It was. It was a huge honor. And you know, I. I would say, you know, we're we're friends, but we don't really see each other very often. Yeah. We're not in the same circles. You know, you know it's what I mean? a funny sidebar. She. Um, um, so I got to know her by writing with her on her last record, which was really fun. And she is wonderful. I have. She's nothing amazing. But, I. I really, really love her. She's so fun. So funny. She so our church, um, the our kids go to our church for school. Well, mm-hmm. that sounds stay with me. And they do this um, musical every year that the the lady who teaches music there wrote herself, and it's kind of like a history of Nashville and song kind of thing. I was going to uh, say only in Nashville. Yeah, no, right. I know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, she's amazing, amazing. Um, but she, uh, she, she, and it's about the history of really country music, and so. Um, one of the all the kids play a character. So mm-hmm. so Ben, my son was Johnny Cash, and they had all these different people. Somebody played Carrie. It's kind of one of the newest. The last parts of the night is or the morning is the, is the girl who's playing Carrie does Jesus take the wheel. So we get there, and as I'm checking in, the lady who's checking me in is like, "Got another celebrity here," which I thought was awesome because she said another. <laughs> so I was like, "Surely there's not two or she three. Affirmed. So I'm, I'm She's affirming. like, "You want me to tell yeah. you who the yeah. other one is?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Annie, to put you up to this." We walk in, and Carrie's there. No way. She's on the front row because we have some friends there that are really good friends with she and Mike. And so she's up there. So I go up and say, hey. And, you know, I'm kind of like, well, you're just like, I just want to come and see it. And it was like, it literally felt like Jesus had come to this. It was like everybody that <laughs> Jesus walked Jesus came in and was, took the wheel. Literally. <sighs> Let's end it right wow. here. We're not going to beat that. Let's just okay. end the. No, but she was, it was the cute. The little girl didn't know. So she sang the song, then saw her and just got super emotional. And Carrie got up and did pick. It was the. Oh, it that's was so really great. cool. She is, she is such a wonderful person. Another fun fact about you. And I thought this was actually, a, uh, uh, it's interesting to see how this is more of a trend now. But you, you are worship leader. At the, in the woodlands for like a hot minute, mm-hmm. which is interesting to think about because now Christian music is so much of that path, which is like mm-hmm. worship leader into CCM artist, new, new thing. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't happening at the time. Granted, you know, your music isn't traditional worship music, but no. it is interesting. I, I'd forgotten about that. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Was it two years you lived in Houston? Yeah, it was 2008 and nine, I think. I, so I, 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 basically committed to two years in the woodlands and you know I had lived in Nashville my entire life and they they approached me to come and be a quote-unquote artist in residence yeah yeah so you know not necessarily like a typical worship leader which I you know I can do but it's not I wouldn't call it like my gift right right you know what I mean right so I, I was up front with that uh, about that with them and they they were like yeah we just want an artist in residence and Tomlin had been there. That's right. A few years before That's I right. was there. That's right. I was like, well, if Chris was here, then it must be yeah. legit. So I, I was literally looking for a, a change of you know pace from Nashville. Moved there, 
And that is exactly when my career took off. It was when I moved fun? away from, from Nashville. Nashville. Huh. And I don't think it had anything to do with me leading worship, but yeah. it was it was a good season for me. Um, you know, it was, there was something cool about driving all my stuff across the Mississippi River for the oh, first time. I love yeah. that. Like That's I had sick. just never done that before. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the more successful I got, the more touring I did and, you know, you just end up in Nashville. Yeah. So I would, you know, my bus would arrive in Nashville and I'm like, well, I got to get on the plane to go to Houston to go home. Isn't that so funny? So it just made more sense for me to be here and I moved back in, in 2009. Yeah. I thinking about that because they had that in there and I was like, I mean, it's interesting that that, that at the time was sort of this new thing that a worship, someone would be yeah. doing worship, but also be doing CCM. But now it's like, that is the yeah. path, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, this one is probably the most fascinating. Is his high school choir was the Sophisticats? Can you? Please oh, speak come to, on! Please you really have to, been. Could you doing tell us some... about the Sophisticats, please? The Sophisticats. Well, uh, Hillsboro High School. Shout uh, out to the boroughs. That's oh, right, okay. the Bur- Hillsboro boroughs. That's yep. where I went to high school. Um, it is in the heart of uh, this area called Green Hills in in Nashville, and they had a show choir. I was going to ask if it was a show choir. That's a total. Did you have to ask? I was I was <laughs> in show choir. Listen, there are two SCs in here. That's what I'm not in the biz, but that's what we refer to you guys. That's actually seen Let's as just, a derogatory term. So that's sorry. right. I'm, I'm so I can't look at him right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to look at you. Yeah. I'll finish out the rest of the interview. Go ahead. So, uh, jazz hands. <laughs> yep. Um, Wait, I, for those who are uninformed, what is the difference between a choir and a show choir? I'm so <laughs> wow. Daggers are being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's well, just I, let's stoop to his level and thank just explain. You. Yeah, yeah. yeah, talk to me like um, a. Well, I I wasn't sure if it was like when you say choir, school choir. It could be like your stationary. It's a class. That, well, that's what I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah, it could be a, a just a class. It could be like you're just you're standing on risers singing, you know, Hallelujah chorus. Mm-hmm. Or a show choir. No, oh. it would be. You know what? The the way to the way to describe this is Sister Act Two, right? Dude, they turn into a show choir. Perfect. Oh, dude, so, perfect. Okay, so are you, are you doing like perfect. what? Did you have solos? Yeah, oh. yeah. Like what? Uh oh, man, you're really going there. Come on. Um, gather around me, everybody. Gather around me while I preach some. There's a sermon coming on me. I can't remember all of it. It's the the you gotta accentuate the positive. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! Eliminate uh-huh. the negative. I remember that's like the one solo that I had. Okay, in four years. Oh, hey. that was my solo. That was your solo. You know. So, so what are you doing? Don't throw things at me. Are you just doing musical songs? Are you doing kind like of. pop current? You know. Yep. We did like yeah. honestly. We did boot scoot and boogie. Was oh one of the songs gosh. that we did. Of course, uh, we did. And Carrie Underwood was in the front row. <laughs> she was. When Ronnie Dunn was sitting on the front row. <laughs> he was mouthing along with every word you sang. Yeah, just scowling at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> young buck. Yes, uh, but you know we did like uh, chamber music too. So oh, we, wow, we would do like classical. Oh wow. Music. Well, okay. typically the format would be. You would come out, you would do like four songs. Mm-hmm. And you would do like, this is how we did it. Okay. You would come out with your opening, your opener, mm-hmm. right? Then you would do your second number, which would be a little bit more character driven, right? Then you would do your ballad. Yeah. So you would do one song where you would like, the, the choir would be stationary, right? Uh-huh. 
and then you would like often like kind of an acapella song yeah yeah, yeah it could be you'd be stationary for the acapella like ballady kind of song yeah. and then you'd like step up a little oh, you know man. yeah okay actually after that we would do a guy's number and a girl's number separately okay and then you would do your closer you that guys was were a little more uh advanced indiana than we were look yeah. highland singers <laughs> shout out that's that's a good name, not as good as Sophisticats. But anyways, it's <laughs> not um, as good as Sophisticats. No, it's really not. Uh, but we were competitive. That's the other part of a yeah. show choir is yeah. that you're competitive. We all good. Uh, wow. We, we thought we were good, Dave. Wow. Well, I wanted. Yeah. I wanted. I like, like, did you win stuff? We thought we won stuff. <laughs> I don't. What a great I answer. Don't know. We thought we won. Okay, so yeah. I just I got to give a shout out to okay, uh, so our director, her name was uh Bobby Jean Frost. Uh That is great not name. a real name. Keep going. Uh That was a witness protection. She, name. Yeah, that <laughs> was CIA involved. <laughs> you used to be Carl, you know, uh Carly Simon Ca- Car- <laughs> Carly <laughs> Johnston and now you're Bobby Lee Frost. Uh, right. Bobby, yeah. That is amazing. So, um Bobby uh Jean Bobby Jean. Was not my lover, just for the record. <laughs> Bobby Jean. But she was a director at Opryland. So she did like the big shows oh at Opryland. Oh, my gosh. And her other job, I'm not going to say her day job. Yeah, yeah that's Her right. other job was working at a public school mm-hmm. as Doing a choir teacher. Yep. So uh, so she kind of brought some of the, th- the stuff from Opryland into our group. And Opryland had these big, you know, choreographed productions. So she was like very serious about her job. Wow. She also saw something in me as a freshman. She had me audition for this this national competition. It was the first year that they'd done it because nationwide they were pulling uh, music programs out of schools. This is in the early 90s because they just felt like it wasn't as important as Oh, math. right, 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 right. So it was a huge initiative around. Like, remember VH1 saved the music. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus came out about then. Yeah. So the Recording Academy, um, they were the ones that put on the Grammys. They did their own initiative called Grammy in the Schools. Oh yeah. And if you auditioned, so they had like every major city in America. This is in 1993. Every major city in America, maybe, you know, big music cities, uh, competed in this competition. And oh, if wow. you win, if you win, you get to go to the Grammys. I freaking won. What do you mean? Wow. You won? I won like in you Nashville. Won. Yeah. No way. So all these high school Wait, kids. Wait, what, what did you sing? What was? I sang a Garth Brooks song. Okay. And, and not friends in low places, like a like a deep a deep cut. cut. Yeah. yeah. What what song do you remember? <laughs> One night a day. Oh my gosh! Do you I remember love that. that song, bro? How do you forget that song? Dude, nobody knows that song. Dude, one night a day, one step. Come on, bro. So I did it on guitar. Oh, yeah, you did. That's why you won. And I won. You just crushed so it. I got to go. That's so cool, Brandon. I didn't to, know that. I went to the Grammys. And uh, I met Sting. I met Trisha Yearwood. Jeez. Uh, our dude. Okay, full circle. You were just talking about Sister Act Two. Our director was Mervyn Warren, who wrote all the music for Sister Act wow. Two. Oh, so th- oh, oh, okay. So everybody that won, yeah, got compiled into a choir that performed. Exactly. Did y'all at the Grammys? We didn't perform on the show. Okay, but we performed at the nominee party. 
um, and a couple other things. That's where I met That's all these. That's amazing. Where, um, uh, sorry, what song <clears throat> did y'all do? Or did y'all do a few? Oh, man. They were really hard songs. They were jazz. So, oh, gotcha. I mean, playing jazz is hard enough, but singing oh, it dude. is like, mm-hmm. you got to really know your scales and right. how to scat. <laughs> you right. know, oh, like, you got to like freshman in high school. So, kid. was it 50 people? No, it was, so it was 16. There's oh 16 gosh. cities across America. Oh, so they didn't do one from each state. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 okay. no. Okay. One from each like major city. Or oh, oh, I got you. Right, right, right. Brandon, that's incredible. So the next year, Natalie Hemby won. No. And that's how Natalie Hemby and I met. So she was at Overton High School. Dude, that is crazy. We were in the Grammy choir together and we started writing music in high school. No. So she won the year after I did. We've been friends since if high school. If only she That's had done crazy. something with that. I know. Right. Jeez. Yeah. If she had just turned something. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to bring <laughs> it around full circle cuz it's getting long. Uh years later, I was up for 3 Grammys that year. I did was not dating anybody at the time. I call my high school. I call Bobby Jean Frost. I up. remember you telling oh, me this. Sweet. How cool is that? I took her to the Grammys. That man. is so cool. It was it was like literally a career highlight for me. That's, That's great. so cool. I didn't win, which is totally fine. But to see her, she talked to uh, Bruce Springsteen in an after party for like thirty minutes. I'm no not, way! I'm not kidding, dude. Like just cornered Bruce Springsteen and talked his head off. And don't you That's know that so he's cool. like, listen, I don't feel safe with any people, <laughs> but but with this woman, oddly, I do. You know, yeah. like, what's yeah. what's she gonna get from me? She's, right. You know, like right. She's she's that is yeah. I, so that was, is so cool. It was amazing. Did, did did do you feel like from doing that was there a seed already planted for music or did it like and that it watered <clears throat> or do you feel like that was the beginning of you going like oh there may be something here? Uh, I had started playing. Uh, guitar and writing my freshman year of of high school. Yeah, so it was wow. the same year. It was the same so year. So that must have been hugely affirming. Oh, yeah. That's insane was, that you started playing guitar and writing and the next thing you know, you're at the Grammys. Yeah. That's insane. As a freshman in high school. Yeah, it was not real. It was yeah. like, and I'd never been on a plane either. Wow. So I, I flew to New York and it was like, <laughs> that's was crazy. Oh, because the Grammys were in New York then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They would kind of alternate. Dude, that is nuts. Yeah. So what that. was, like, your your eighth grade year, what are you doing? My eighth grade year, I mean, well, I repeated the eighth grade. Little, oh. that's not in my Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> you, it is you wouldn't now. have had that, your mom you? and your PR <laughs> yes. getting that taken off. You yeah. have them scrubbing your Wikipedia with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. getting that out of there. So I, I, my, my, my dad and my stepmom... Uh, divorced that year. So this is my dad's second marriage. Mm-hmm. They divorced, and I went to three different schools in the same year. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. And so I, I ended up moving in back with my mom, and she was like, hey, do you want to just do eighth grade over? I was like, yeah, I think For I For real? So she huh. asked. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. She had the, the, the foresight to, to say this is probably – the better move than just going to summer school, which who wants to go to summer school right. anyways? Yeah. So I redid eighth grade and I met this girl named Cherish and Cherish, uh, her, her family, they were kind of hippie ish, you know, like that's where she got the amazing right. name. Right. Um, and, uh, Cherish and her sisters, they would sing together. Cherish played guitar and her sisters. They had this incredible harmony. Wow. And, um, so which I, can I just say I know it's Nashville, but 
when I was that age was yeah. the first time I had the first time it was the first time I interacted. I was at a youth retreat, which is random, but and this is even funnier, but um a guy and a girl got up with a guitar, which at the time for me in small town Mississippi was was uh, I, I was kinda like I didn't even know what to do with that. I was like, what are they you know like I knew what that was, yeah. but I didn't know anybody could do that. Like yeah. literally in my town they I didn't know Same. what a person could play. But anyway, got up and sang two Indigo Girls songs with all the harmony and it it was like I was transported. Mm-hmm. So at that age, yeah, there is something about when you see somebody doing that, especially if they're in the room with you, like at a house, you know, something yeah. that's informal like that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I totally credit Cherish with uh, inspiring me to start playing music. So that was it. Yeah. Like hearing them was some of the beginnings of you yeah. going. I learned my first chords on her dad's Gibson guitar, like the E minor. I mean. Amazing yeah, chord, yeah. you know. That was the first chord that I learned. And then I took lessons um, without Cherish knowing. I took lessons over at Cotton Music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Over on um, 21st Avenue South. And then um, two months later, I'd written her a song. Oh, man. That's amazing. And we. Please tell me it was called Cherish. Oh, it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. It was called Weeping Willow. You were young. Oh. That was the name of that the song. That is even nice. better. Yeah. John. Yeah, why'd you hesitate? John, no, I'm right here. John. No, I see you. Oh, I'm sorry. Just uh, because I'm not looking at you doesn't mean I don't see you. Oh, <laughs> that's true. And that means emotionally, too. Let right. me ask you something. Do you have okay. any questionable eating habits? Or questionable. Either one of those. You can Questionable answer. or questionable? Questionable or questionable. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. Okay. I would say. Let's How about it. you? Well, after the kids go to bed, I get the late night munchies, right? Sure. And I always want to go for a bowl of that chocolate flavored cereal that turns the milk into, into chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Yep. And it's like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But man, are those things loaded with sugar and carbs. Yeah. I need yep. to be smarter, John. Maybe yep. find a cereal with high quality ingredients that's more balanced. Let me cut you off right there. One, okay. because you're done with your sentence. And two, because I need to tell you about Thrive Market. I just downed a bowl of cereal of Catalina Crunch Dark Chocolate Ooh, Cereal. Goodness. Let me say it again. Okay. You know what? No, I won't. I'm no. going to keep going. Okay. It's the perfect swap for your Dracula or like bird-themed sugary chocolate yeah, yeah. cereal we that you eat. We all know those. We know those. Yeah. Thrive Market is full of great products like that. And it's also, it lets you filter results based no. on your no. lifestyle what? needs, Dave. What? Yeah. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, you know, low sugar foods or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market, it makes it happen. Okay, John, look, that sounds awesome. Yep. It sounds a little expensive. Dave, it sounds expensive. Okay. But as a Thrive Market member, what? I save money no. on every single grocery order. An average of 30% Jeez, each time, Dave. I'll say that again. Okay. You know what? No, I'm going to keep going. Okay, They gosh. also have a deals page that changes daily. In oh. fact, today... I saved over 40%. Don't say That's save almost catch 45%. Wild pink salmon. Don't say save catch wild save pink, catch wild you pink salmon. That. You know what? I'll say it again. No, I'm not going to say it again. And Sprague, am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't even know. I'm just so excited, John. Organic lentils and vegetable soup. Uh, I saved 40%, Dave. It could be Sprague or Spragua. And that's for the people who know, okay? It says here that when I join Thrive Market, yep. I'm also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. That's I right. join, they give, John. You join, they give. You know what? Join in on the savings at Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free, you're not going to believe this, no. but I'm going to say it, what? free $60 
gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. I'm going to tell them again, John. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrivemarket.com slash dadville. Hey, John. Hey, Dave? Yes. Okay, I didn't okay. know if you knew it was me. When shopping for meat for my family, you yeah. and I've talked about this a lot. I've mm-hmm. loved not having to sacrifice quality for convenience by using, guess what? Butcher Box. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. Because Butcher Box chooses their meat consciously. Yep. So you can be confident that the planet, the animal, your family... They're all kept in They're mind. thinking about They're a thinking lot of about people. All Every, of it. So many people. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home with free shipping in the continental U.S. That's right. And each box contains 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box that you choose. Mm-hmm. That's enough for 24 individual meals Or Dave. for a hungry night for me. Six, That's right. Okay? This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for, for life. life. I'm going to read that again because yep. it's so fun Do to it. say. Free, Free ground, ground beef, beef for life. life. Plus, get a $10 off coupon. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash dadville and get two pounds of ground beef free mm. in every order for the life of your membership. Log on to butcherbox.com slash dadville and claim this deal. So uh, up until that, your your first eighth grade go around, you're not you're not even thinking about music? That's not like something that's on your radar yet? You know, it's funny. I don't, I have not talked about this publicly, but I, you know, my dad was actually not for me being in choir. Um, and, uh, you know, I, he would have rather me play baseball when right. I was terrible <laughs> I was terrible. as you're saying your dad is not for you being in choir i'm feeling so many things oh i'm like yeah. no he wasn't yeah what? right he yeah. went to a practice and went son let's talk for a second yeah exactly exactly so i you know it's it's ironic i grow up in nashville um but i did not know really about music oh wow so you didn't have any friends all. that were kids of music no, industry people? no because i grew up I mean, I, I was born in West Nashville, then went to Antioch. Uh, I did time in Antioch is what I, I like to say. <laughs> DTA. Yeah. Um, and those were kind of neighborhoods yeah, yeah, where yeah, musicians yeah, yeah. didn't yeah. live. Yep, yeah, totally. So, totally. you know, I just didn't know that. And then... Um, so Green Hills was later. Like, that was like later yeah. on in life. Yeah, so I moved to Green Hills. Because then you're smack dab in the middle of My third of it. school in eighth grade was, was John Trotwood Moore in, in Green Hills. Oh, Yeah. So Green Hills is kind of the last, at that time was like, that's where all the musicians yeah. lived, yeah. you know? Um, and so my, my good friend Troy, uh, his dad was an engineer and he- Like a music engineer. <clears throat> music engineer. Like in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he, he did all of Garth Brooks's records. So oh, if you geez. look up any of those old records, um, Mark Miller was the guy. So that was really the first time. So Troy was like, "Oh, you know, my dad records Garth." I was like, "No, I was a. Hu- I mean, I've already told you I sang a Garth Brooks song. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm a huge, still am a huge Garth Brooks fan." So we go to. So so Troy takes me to Jack's Tracks one day, the studio that his dad co-owned with um, Alan Reynolds. Oh yeah, that produced all the right. Garth stuff. So we go. It wow. was the Christmas party. And Garth oh was going to be, we knew Garth was going to be there. And so, uh, 
this is my eighth grade year. So we meet. So this is right because we're we're all, I think we are the same age. So this would yeah. have been like right as he's starting to take off. Right. Th- this was right before I believe. This is right before the black and white in pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's not Garth yet, but he's on his way. No, I think he is. Was he there? Okay, okay. Yeah, I think he was there. Okay, because by in pieces he had already played. Central Park. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're so right. he was right. he was pretty massive at the time. I couldn't remember. I remember hearing uh, my best friend in Mississippi had um, uh, what's the one with Friends of No Places? Uh, Rope in the Wind. He had that, but I thought it was it must have been earlier than that. Or maybe it was No Fences. No, no Fences. No yeah, Fences. Had right. uh, yeah, and then Rope in the Wind and yeah. Okay, sorry, so John. We lost you about fifteen yeah, minutes. We'll ago. wake him up. I'm a big Chris Gaines fan. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I can add. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so anyway um, not the same person yeah. actually. No, no, dude. So, <laughs> so I would have been around during the Chris Gaines uh-huh. era. Like I was visiting the studio a lot, and I remember uh, seeing the cover of that because they had it before it had come out. Oh wow! And I was like, "Is that a wig? What is going on?" You know. And so Troy, was it type of thing where like you see it and you're like, "What's that?" And they're like. Don't ask any more questions. No. He, I mean, he told me what it was. It was yeah. like kind okay. of a passion project, you uh-huh. know. Wait, wait. So did, were you seeing Garth a lot? Yeah. I guess I skipped that. So honestly. I interrupted you officially. No, no, no. We would go We would go over there. And then, um, I mean, I think that Garth would definitely knew that I was one of Troy's friends because we were there a ton to either get money from his dad or, you know. But we would. It was just cool to hang out at the studio. Yeah, it's amazing. So, sure. so Garth became kind of commonplace, uh, uh, like amazingly. Uh-huh. Like you would see him that much. Yeah. Jeez. That's yeah. Cool. It was crazy. He wore like these baggy pants that would get tight at the bottom, like like, like wrestlers pants. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh my God, wrestlers! You nailed it. Or guys who used to work out on Venice Beach. Yes. Dude. With the tank tops. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. That that doesn't seem on brand for him. You know, Garth does. Garth. That was his. Yeah. That was Chris. That was Chris. That was Chris. Ah, that was, yeah. Now it makes sense. So <laughs> one of the things that some of this makes sense to me, Brandon, but it also confused me because I've known you for forever. I mean, that's yeah. that's something I, I wanted to, to tell everybody listening is that I've known you since college. So we both went to MTSU together. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think about from knowing you that long is that I remember you were the first person I ever talked to that talked about how you wanted to sing BGBs, BGVs professionally. And I was like, one, I didn't even know it was a thing. And two, like, well, you must know about music to know that that mm-hmm. is something you can do in music. But it all makes so much sense knowing yeah. now that was a world you had been exposed to. Yeah. And you'd go in the studio and see somebody singing BGVs. Like, That's a cool job. Which is yeah. singing background Round vocal vocals, harmonies. Yeah, for, there you go. For but but so that makes more sense. Also, yeah. just fun facts about you and I. I wrote these down because this is fun to me. So met you in college. Yeah. The other thing about college that's really interesting to me is that you. I think you may have been the first person I met that wrote and sang their own songs. You were Luke Laird mm-hmm. uh, at MTSU, and mm-hmm. I remember that being the coolest thing. Like you were like, oh, because I was dabbling, but I didn't really. That's know. That's crazy because I remember you coming in to. We were in a songwriting club there called Student Songwriters Association. There you go. I remember you coming and and sharing songs, but I assumed that you wrote them. 
I did, but I was brand new to it. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't have other friends that were like, let's play songs for each other. I I mean, because I remember Grace's Amazing Hands about that time, right? Yeah, Yeah, it would have been right. Dude, isn't it crazy, like, how some of our best songs we've ever written were our first songs? Yeah. it's Guys, what you're hearing is not grown men crying it's it's tear it's tears of joy it's not tears of sadness right. and regret right. and a, a, a real a relevant that we've peaked early. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so one that's fun two other fun facts around that time but uh, do you remember <laughs> do you remember the year the one that got me the gig on the last castle as an extra you're the one that told me you oh, just unplugged myself. i was yeah, no, yeah. that was me do you um so so brandon and i went to mtsu you graduated like not much long after me like maybe six months yeah or something and i remember seeing you i was working at carissa's armoire and you came in because you're so cultured and i'm sure you're looking at some cool vase or something and i was like you know moving armoires around this building and yeah. i said what are you doing you're like dude i just i've done this cool thing i've been working as an extra on this movie and i totally and i was like there's a this. movie filming here and you're like yeah dude go and me and my roommate went i was i think i worked on it for two months Dude, like a long time. I, I literally had no idea. I did it for like two days. Oh yeah, you were. The, I remember you being like, "It was cool. I did it." And I was like, "This yeah. is my new career." <laughs> so, <laughs> me and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> what? Did, how did you keep going for two months and you only did it two days? Were because you, Brandon didn't need money, <laughs> and I did need money. <laughs> uh, I, I was. I was like, "What do you do?" I mean, I, they were. It was about inmates. It was about a prison, like a military prison, right? Yes, that's right. That's What's right. the name of the movie so, again? The Last, Last Castle. Castle. It's Last actually Castle. a pretty good movie. It's 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 James Gandolfini, Robert Redford, um, Mark Ruffalo. I mean, it's it's got a lot Mark of Ruffalo. notables in it. But um, but yeah, but you were the one, and I remember like I I did that for literally two months. So, uh, <laughs> after doing it for two months, how how many times did you see yourself in the movie? Point zero seven seconds. You have to pause it. You literally have to pause it, and you can see me, like... So... Did, were you in it? No. Oh. I mean, honestly, I probably... No. I, I mean, if you if you did two months for 0.7 seconds, oh, I'm definitely bro. not in it. Yeah. But the reason that I knew about it, because my dad had gone to... The one that didn't want me to play music. Uh, <laughs> that dad. <laughs> that dad. Your other PR guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, the He had gone and to be an extra in a Sharon Stone movie. Whoa! At the in same Nash? at the same location, in that prison. Oh yeah! So he ended up getting like a ton of uh, film time uh, with Sharon Stone in the movie. So the funniest thing, like my dad, kind of like you, he just like quit his job and went and worked, uh, did this movie forever. <laughs> so he would show up to like, you know, Thanksgiving wearing this like tracksuit because he thought that's what like actors no, wore. No, Brandon. And he would, <laughs> so Sharon and I today, you know, like smoking a cigarette, Sharon and I were commiserating on I'm just the know, life of being an actor. And that's it. Hollywood. <laughs> Dad, have you been to LA? No, but I'm saying like just kind of the lifestyle. It's a cold, it's more of a way of living. Than I'm just, wait, is, is this like a windbreaker kind of suit? Yeah. Yep. So I'm just mm-hmm. picturing like what rounds out that image is. I'm picturing my dad, of course. Yeah, coming of to Thanksgiving. Yeah, in a full tracksuit after having quit his job to do, to be an extra, on a Sharon Stone movie, and every movement that he makes is so <laughs> noisy. <laughs> 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 
Sharon and that's I him, guys. Sh- but you can't hey, hear I what can't he's saying. Hear what you're saying. You <laughs> have to stop moving. Stop your arm. when you talk. Stop moving. <laughs> and he's smoking, which means he was flammable <laughs> at any moment around the turkey. Oh, if all he all the just, Thanksgiving food and it's ashes. and it's just his tracksuit. Like if that thing touched, <laughs> it was just gone. It was like a, it was just toast. That was one of the funniest things about my time on that movie, on that set, was so many people were like extreme versions of your dad. Like you would, you meet some guy who lived in Nashville his whole life who'd never, and he would have had a conversation with Ruffalo at the, when they were getting like food between takes and Mark was like, you should come check out. And he's like, he's going to probably, I'm probably going to stay at his place and starting to get some uh, looks. Or, Or somebody would be given a line. And it was game over because they'd be like, "Hey, we need somebody to yell like they're coming." And I mean, it was like a feeding frenzy because you got paid so much oh, more yeah. if you say something, if you say anything yeah. in a movie. And so you, you'd see those right. guys, and yeah. all of a sudden they were like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm one of the principals now. They let me eat with coming. the actors. I mean, it's just like what? I had to sign some papers. I had to sign you know. some papers. Me and JG, Jimmy G, checks." You know, it's so ridiculous. You know, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you this after the interview, but I remember some dude, one of the extras, and there was some scuzzy. Oh, bro, that's dudes. all there was. I don't yeah. remember anybody that was. I remember. I, I can't even say it right now in the interview. We'll save it for <laughs> after the show. But I, it was it was incredible. The people that that showed up to be extras, Nashville's finest. Yeah. Really. Well, I will say this. I did. I do remember like some music industry people would do it for a day. Like I, I like we'd be there, and some friend would rock up, and I'd be like. You know, it'd be like a another artist or a producer yeah. or some, yeah. be like, or like an agent. And it'd be like, "What are you doing?" Like, I just want to do it for a day. And I have a friend; they got me. Yeah. And so, I'm, you know, but you, I just remember everybody would stay in that gym, and you slept for six hours of the ten hour day. Yeah, like literally, just like waiting. And guys would get mad. They, go, all right, guys, got a report. I'm like, got a report. How you do this, guys? I was like, bro, you just slept for three and a half hours and got like, paid, and you're about to go stand and then fake run for seven <laughs> seconds. Like, I think you can handle, you know. You okay, can be okay. So you, so you sort of t- talked about this, but like, so growing up for you, you you're here in Nashville. Think, I mean, like, what what would you as you think back on that season in your life? How do you think about that? Because obviously, there was a lot of change. Yeah, I mean. I have, it's funny because you, you kind of, uh, I mean, I've, I've got like grade school years and then college years. Um, and it's funny because a lot of my grade school friends, I, I don't really keep up with a ton and I'm, I'm kind of bummed about it cause mm-hmm. a lot of them still live here, but you just, yeah. your, your seasons change. But, uh, you know, I think for me, I, I, it, it, I've lived long enough now. I'm trying to figure out how to answer this question that I've seen very, you know, specific seasons in my life that, mm-hmm. that they kind of just ended one day. Wow. You know? Wow. Uh, and honestly, when Wir- you introduced me to Wirtz, mm. that was the beginning of the next season. Oh, wow. Because I was living... I was living in the upstairs of my mom's house. Dude, I remember in Green Hills, right off Hillsborough. Yeah, just down the street. Yeah. Uh, And you knew, I think you knew that, and you knew that Wirtz was looking for a roommate at the time. Dude, I forgot about that. And we were, I I believe we were at a Young Life banquet, and you were like, hey, Brandon, you should meet Wirtz. You should meet Matt, because you guys were good friends. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, I, I don't know if you suggested it or Wirtz was like, I'm looking for a roommate. You want to move in? And honestly, I was like, yeah, I would love to. I just needed somebody to kind of invite me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that has seemed, that has been my entire adult life. Hmm. Adult life is mm-hmm. being invited. And I often wait for invitations. Sometimes I, I go after, uh, there's been a few things that I've gone after. But I feel like that was the beginning of the next season of my life. Mm-hmm. Was literally at that banquet. Wow. Uh, because it was, you know, high school and college, and I didn't really go to MTSU on the weekends. I was yeah, just there to kind yeah. of do my thing and yeah. get out of there. But that was when I kind of, I don't know, started to become uh, an adult and then to seriously consider music because mm. you and Wirtz were doing it uh, at a higher level than I was. You were doing your first records with Ed. Mm. And I remember us sitting, we were sitting at our dining room table over on Glen Echo, mm. uh, stuffing CD cases, or you guys were like signing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, I want to make a record. I want to make, I, like, these records sound amazing. Mm. I want to do one. You Before know? you met Dan, obviously, Makala. So Dan and I had met, but we were, in a, we were in a men's group together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we went to church together. And Dan saw me as a worship leader at church, and and was it the West End? Yeah, the Dude. West End. Man, this yeah. is like my brain is just lighting up like crazy right now. Well, it's crazy because life has changed so much. Yeah, but yeah. that was a that was a period that that it was everything. Yeah, you know, our group of friends. Yeah, and everybody was starting to play music and yeah. graphic design and uh, photography, mm-hmm. and we were just like everybody was doing really well. Real estate. Man, it was like crazy. This mm-hmm. hotbed of people that were trying things and succeeding at it. Yeah, and I felt like I just was—I happened to be caught up in the the swell of it all. Mm. You know what I mean? But that was also the time when I moved away from Nashville. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I mean, I signed a record deal in '06 and then moved in '07. Um, yeah, and then yeah. So, so to answer your question from 30 minutes ago, <laughs> um, Nashville has definitely grown a ton, and you've been here long enough to see it, but I am one of the few that really love it. Mm. I just oh, I feel, feel like, same, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love all the, uh, the new opportunities. I feel like Nashville is cool because of the people who move here, yeah. not but because of the people who are from here. Hmm. Not I, I, I'd push back a little bit on that. I mean, you're well, from here. I'm cool. I'm from here, but but I think that I'm just saying Nashville has its flavor. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, the because spice, of the people yeah. that moved here. I mean, yeah, country yeah. music. Yeah, it was born here, but the people who played it weren't born here. That's true. That's you true. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's true. Nashville in itself, the the place there is definitely an energy here. Mm, right. I, I don't know what it is, uh, but. There is definitely a creative, you know, for sure, brave, groundbreaking kind of vibe here, but I think that's why people come and they stay here. Yeah, you know. Well, that's yeah. why I'm I'm here. I mean, you know, when I talk to people back in Indiana, who ask me like, so why, you know, how's it going in Nashville? Like, what is it? Do you have to be in Nashville? Why do you, you know? Mm. And I'm like, I mean, really, it's just a vibe. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's kind of like nebulous as that sounds there's just a vibe to nashville that i that i just want to be in 
as yeah. a creative person, yeah. you know. Well, it's, it, you said it so well, Brandon. Like, I mean, that was around the time I met John. I mean, it was all kind of in the same era. But um, we were so fortunate, all of us, because all of us were kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. even our friends, you know, Micah, Layman, you know, Coward, everybody who's doing the, more of the graphic design, photography, you know, websites at the time with, with mm-hmm. Coward. But, like, even that energy is the same. It's mm-hmm. creation. Yeah. It's entrepreneurial. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're you're – and so to think that all of us – I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg. You know, it's like we found each other because that or – you know, we were there and then it just was like, wow, this is cool. We all do this. But, you know, to, to your point, John, there was that, I mean, it felt like plugging into a, I mean, s- some crazy conductor. It just felt yeah. like everything was so exciting and, and too, and man, I, I mean, you can't say enough about this and, and, you know, I, I'm assuming you feel this way too, John, but like all of us were playing songs for each other and you'd see each other and you'd be like, oh my God, that's a good song. Oh yeah. We were equally competitive with each other, but also for each other yes yeah. that's right that's it exactly was this right. it was really healthy and there would be times where i mean i i, th- I think we'd have like <clears throat> a conflict or something and we'd have to like talk yeah about. oh yeah oh yeah but i think that that just kind of comes in a creative that's right but i think right. there i think there was a lot of I, I think and maybe i'm wrong but it felt like the healthy version of that which i, I always felt you know healthy. there was there was there was so much like you know, it'd be it'd be like cool. Yeah, I gotta go home and write some better songs. Yeah, <laughs> well, totally. I, I was thinking about this earlier when you were saying like I kind of just have in your adult life things have just kind of you've been invited places and mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you're along for the ride. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I I feel very similar hmm. in that I don't feel like I'm not the guy who is like leading the charge i'm not the guy who's like the most yeah ambitious yeah guy that's just not me and you're okay with it i'm totally okay with same. it same but i but i feel like i'm i am an, i benefit from um other friends of mine being ambitious and taking risks and me just kind of being in the midst of it and <laughs> and like you see like oh barnes is Barnes just did this one thing. Yeah. Like, oh, he wrote a song that's in this style. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to try that a little bit. And I, and I I think it's just kind of this vortex that's kind of like humming along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, everyone's sort of like bouncing off each other in that way. But, you know, to, to compliment you though, Brandon, again, and I can't say this enough, but I think from knowing you in MTSU, I really think you were the first person I knew that I should add this to, not just wrote songs, but you were like, you could sing. Like I, I remember yeah. very tangibly feeling like I didn't know what the heck I was doing. It was so new to me. And at school being like, oh, okay, now that, like, that's a guy's voice. Like that is your voice. You're not up there mm-hmm. doing Garth Brooks. You're not up there copying Eddie Vedder, you know, something that's more akin to our time of growing yeah. up. Yeah. I remember being like, wow, Brandon, Brandon has like a really cool, good voice. And I remember that being one of the first things I felt meeting you so it's funny because while works and i may have had records and we were working more i i remember feeling like you were one of those people i was like but this guy kind of i think probably knows what he's doing more than i know what i'm doing it's just i'm a no, little I just older had you been, fooled man well, but you know what well, i mean they, like I, like yeah. you could sit with a guitar and play it and i remember that like you'd mm-hmm. play new songs for me and matt and i was always like oh man well you. i gotta add my hat to this ring that i was out in la on a writing trip so like every this was a couple of weeks I would go to some new studio every day and write with different people for a record and it was like you know 
I, I basically, this is a longer conversation, but I, I was trying to figure out what my lane was yeah. as an artist, you know. And so I would go to these studios and we would end up with a song at the end of the day that I'm just like, I don't even know who this <laughs> is, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was driving in my, in the, in the hills of LA in my rental car with the radio on scan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, I think maybe you and I had met once at this point. Well, you used to stay in my room when right. I was out of town. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> I told Dave, you're the first Dadville guest that I slept in your bed before I met you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would stay at Glen Echo before? No, no it was uh, Shelby. East Shelby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Owen oh, Wurtz is, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I, the radio's on scan, and I hear this voice and acoustic guitar and I stop it, and I don't recognize the song. It was the first time that I had heard um, I'm Not Who I Was. I'm Not Who I Was, yeah. So I didn't know the song. It's not like I was stopping it because I was like, ooh, I love this song. I stopped it because, to your point, Dave, I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It just, the voice just sounds amazing. Hmm. And it was it was like a, a kind of a shift in like, at on that trip, I was like, all right. I it sort of knocked knocked some stuff free hmm. from my what? brain that I was like, I got to I got to bring it back to this. Like this is what it's all about. Dude, a that's great song, incredible. a great voice. I got to like let's let's knock off the bells and whistles huh. a bit. I never knew that. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. You know, I honestly have to thank my uncle for that. Um Okay, he, really, he's it's your my mom. Right now. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're tracking. Uh, my uncle was visiting, and I was literally sitting out on the back porch, playing like verbatim uh, Garth Brooks songs, hmm. and just sounding like Garth Brooks, and uh-huh. just thinking that I was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and my uncle. Again, smoking a cigarette. Lots of smokers in my right. family. Tracksuit, of course. Yeah, tracksuit. <laughs> no, he's from Texas. No tracksuits oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but he was sitting across from me, and he was not impressed. And he was like, you know what, Brandon? The world doesn't need another Garth Brooks. Jeez. They need a Brandon Heath. Wow. And I, it, it, like, hurt my feelings. Yeah. But it was exactly. Isn't that amazing? I mean, exactly what I needed to hear. When was that? When did he say that? I mean, it would have been... Just a week and a half ago. Yeah, <laughs> oh last gosh. week. Totally. You still love those Uncle guard Paul. songs. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> what if CV was like, guys, y'all need to check on Brandon. He's been playing nonstop Garth Brooks. He's on wearing our lots of buttons. Only wearing <laughs> a hat. <laughs> and these wrestler and has, pants. And he has this thing. <laughs> he has the Garth mic on. That's the only way he'll talk to me. It's the only way he'll fall asleep. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. I mean, uh, when, what was that? Was that before? That, no, it was. I mean, yeah, it was like, um, gosh, freshman year of college. Oh, okay. okay, okay, yeah. And so that was a little bit of you going. This I need to forge my own thing. Is yeah, life. yeah, and drop the, the you know the fake country thing. Although country was very and still is very uh, influential yeah. for me and my sound. Like if I sit down naturally. I write a country song. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I do. But, you know, I write with a lot of producers and I lean on them musically a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm not who I was was a country song. Mm-hmm. 
my producer Dan, uh, it, and it was a very personal song, but my producer Dan, um, he took it without me knowing. So he had me come in and do like, th- like not kidding, 30 songs to click. Oh, that's genius. Just acoustic. He's like, Get, play me everything you got. So we every song I had, we would figure out the click, and he would just let me do it like one. What pass. a genius idea! So so oh to, my gosh! So to this day, shout out to Dan. I'm not who I was. He played it for me as a surprise because he was like, "I think this song's special." It didn't have a chorus. That is the scrap my scratch vocal. No way! My scratch vocal and my scratch guitar that I played at the oh same my time. Gosh. So to Dan's, I mean, I'm sure there was some tuning involved, right, right, and and some like quantizing of the guitar, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, he, on his own, had a vision for that song. Isn't that amazing? Put the beat to it, and then I loved it. And I heard that y'all were using Byron House. Yes, yeah. So we invited yeah. Byron House over to do that upright bass because he had what just an done amazing, Dixie amazing Chicks. Landslide. Yeah. And I loved that song at the time. So Byron House is on upright, and then I've got my signature sound all of a sudden. Yeah. That it it sounds like me, it is me, and that's freaking Dan Muckala right there. What a a gift so early in your career to have that, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dave. John. Ah, you beat me. You know, waiting for paychecks can be stressful. Yep. Especially when the bills are due, they're piling up, and money is tight. Well, knock, knock, John. Who's there? Good news. <laughs> and that good news is called Chime. Chime. I knew now, it. Now, listen to this. You can have the option to get your paycheck up to two days early when you need it with direct deposit. That's up to two days to save, yep. pay bills, yep. and generally just feel better about your money situation. I like feeling better about yep. my money situation. That is always a good thing. John, not only do you get paid earlier, mm-hmm. but Chime is also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Nothing. Hopefully not your paycheck. Yep. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Yep. Get started at Chime.com slash dadbill. That's Chime.com slash dadbill. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. What, so one of the things that I always think is so fascinating about that, a little before that though, is your is Bob how Bob enters the picture, like mm-hmm. Bob Golf, because you know now Bob is like, I don't know what he is. He's like Mister Everywhere. Everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. But I knew him through you a million years ago mm-hmm. because you know you would go to Seattle or you'd go to San Diego wherever and see him and mm-hmm. or you know go to um, Malibu, you know the Young Life Camp and, but but I it, I love how he, I love that part of your story where he was such a huge push toward music and toward making that record. Yeah. You know, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. It was in the Glen Echo days when I met Bob. Yes. So, uh, he had been, uh, he had met me at Malibu, which is a young life camp that I was working at. And Bob and his family really loved that camp in that area and now own a lodge around the mm-hmm. corner from that camp. But then they were just visiting on a boat. And um, I was working as a sound guy up there, but I also, uh, I had recorded some stuff in my bathroom, <laughs> in like in the shower. 
Oh, wow. So no water running, of course, but you know, like on a Tascam, like two track. Oh yeah. Okay. Recorded it. Cause I was like, well, you sound good in the bathroom. So let's do that. So I had recorded some really like rudimentary like stuff. They took that tape, cassette tape, home with them. The next year I did a CD with this guy named Chris Davis that I was working with. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was like my first kind of What was of that like piano song on that that was so good? Wasn't there a piano kind of bass The Likes thing? of You. Maybe, yeah. I remember that. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I can't remember. Um, so that was the record that Dan Muckala loved. Uh, and that was the record that... Was that had this rock on it? Yeah. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Love that song. So, uh, so uh, sorry, this is getting long. Uh, Bob Goff took that record home with him and his family, and they listened to it all the time. And so he just, he called me and said, hey, we really want you to come out and visit our family in California. And I had never been to California. I mean, I, I I knew of what I'd seen on television, but, you know, I, I didn't know what San Diego was. I didn't know where it was. But he was basically, like, begging me to come and visit them. Not begging. That sounds terrible. But he literally called me up one day and said, hey, I've got a ticket with your name on it, and it just it just needs a date for you to come to visit my family in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Okay. I'm going to San Diego. So I fly out there. I spend a week. Their family was incredible. I'd never met anybody like them. They were doing extraordinary things around the world. Bob was still practicing law at the time. And we we finished the week uh, at a uh, Mexican restaurant. And he said, um, it's just he and I. And he said, hey, how can I help you? And I said, well... I mean, I I I've, I want to be a songwriter. He was like, but why? Why don't you sing your songs? You know, like, we love your music. Uh, <clears throat> and I had just been making these little records to give out to my friends, honestly. I wasn't taking it very seriously. And so at that point, as you're writing these songs and you're singing and people are reacting to your voice, you're thinking, well, this is not, this is not me on stage. I'm writing these for someone else. I think I was too insecure. Uh-huh. I mean, I know I was too insecure. Yeah. I just didn't think I had what it took to like, yeah, do it. Yeah, I would rather be the songwriter, BGV singer. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like what we were saying, like right. support it's guy, right in line. Let yeah. somebody else lead. You didn't want to be the hammer pants Garth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I wanted to be. I don't know where I'm going. BGV with that. hammer pants. Right. Yeah. S- still yeah. hammer pants, but you know, not hammer pants Gary. <laughs> the BGV singer. <laughs> Could you imagine? He Is looks he still around. He looks just like Garth, exactly. Except he's a BGV guy. <laughs> he's just like he's BGV just guy. a little different. In the I'm face. sure there probably is somebody like that in yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. me too. Uh, so I don't even know where I was. So he said, "Why? Why don't you want to sing sing these songs?" Yeah, I mean, I I was insecure about it, yeah. and and he's like, "Well, how do we like?" What what do you need to do to become an artist? And I said, well, I guess I need to record a record. And at the time, Muckala was saying, hey, I want to record you. Oh, wow. So um, so Bob said, okay, why don't we, let's have, let's have Dan do a record with you. And then uh, how about I front the money for it 
and then you can pay me back or not pay me back. It doesn't matter. Jeez. So uh, he he would not want me to say that on the record, but there it is, Bob. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no treasures in heaven, Bob. Yeah. Bob is not the guy. I mean, he's the guy. He loves what what he says is uh, to put um, wheels on your dreams. Mm. Um, yeah, I love that. But uh, he's not the guy to kind of like give money. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He would rather just encourage you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he totally invested in me monetarily wow. in the very beginning, and said, "You can pay me back or not pay me back. It doesn't matter. But if you can pay, but if you do pay me back." Then go and do it for someone else. Wow, that's the deal. That's amazing. That's, cool. that's the only let, stipulation. Let me let me jump in here and ask a question that may be like forced or whatever. But I just because I I really want to go back, and I'm really interested in when you said that your dad did not want you to do choir, right? Yeah. But in this well, moment, I'm I'm curious. Is there anything to like? Here's this. Here's this guy. Dude, you're freaking nailing coming it along on the head right now. And saying, yeah, how can I help you? Here's, you know, you tell me, you take the lead. Yeah. This is an older guy, father figure kind of guy who's helping you along. Yeah. In a, in a, you know, in the arts where your dad did not want you to, you know. Right. To do your thing. Yeah. What, what's happening in, in your brain during that time? This guy right He's here. good. Listen. Listen. So. Uh, sleep on Johnny Mac. I, I do need to kick my feet up now so bob yeah bob came along uh at a time when i did need a father figure i needed someone uh, i've kind of said like he's the he is the guy that called the man out of me Hmm. you know and it started with a conversation at malibu and then a, a longer conversation in san diego and then um i literally signed my record deal uh, on their dining room table in mm, San Diego. That's so cool. So Bob, Bob, regardless, it doesn't matter if it was going to work or not. He was behind me and he said, he was like, well, why don't I just be your record label and record label? Sorry, my voice stopped. Um, so, I mean, I was like, okay, you could be my record executive, I guess. Uh, cause I knew that y'all were doing it independently. Oh, at the right, time, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was like, yeah, I could do this independently. But Muckala was working with um, Mercy Me at the time, and he was working with um, Brian Luttrell from Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Was, yeah. So Bri- Muckala had done some Backstreet work with them in the pop world, and then Brian was doing a Faith record, and um, Dan was doing that record with Provident. So Dan was like, I can get you a deal. Do you want a deal? And I was thinking... I think I'd rather have a deal than owe Bob money and put him on the line and spend any more of his money because I don't have any money. Right. So, um, well, so you walked away from that pile of cash on the on the movie deal. You could have. That's true. Yeah. It's still lying there. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, we can go there later if you want. It's still the, lying. It's there. still there. Um, but I signed the deal, paid Bob back. Um, Two months later. That's amazing. Mm. So to finish, thank you for asking that question. Yeah, Bob was the the father figure that I needed then. Yeah. And, I, you know, I had other, you know, strong men in my life, but nobody pursued me 
like Bob did. He yeah. was relentless. And I will always be so grateful for that because I just didn't really, I'd never had that before. Yeah. My dad and I, you know, my dad later, he did see, you know, I was good at music. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just, it wasn't a hobby anymore. Mm-hmm. I was, I was good at it. And it was before I was even successful at it. Um, so my, so to my dad's credit, um, he did apologize later, you know, cause yeah. I told him, I was like, you know, early on, I knew that I liked to sing, but you made me feel like it was shameful, Yeah, you know, like, you know. So what was it the sort of the stereotypical, like boys need to be doing sports. Yeah. You don't need to be wearing I think that so. robe. In the choir. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think my dad was just kind of like worried that I wasn't going to fit the picture that he right. had for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, too, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, being a dad, maybe you feel this way, maybe you don't, but I, I do, I have a lot more, like, before kids, mm-hmm. that energy from people, because they were, thank God, not my, and my mom and dad were tentative, but they weren't discouraging, mm-hmm. but they were very like, go do it, son, shut the door, like, on their knees, like, dear Jesus, do anything you can to change his mind, like, please don't. Yeah. But, but, but I had people that, you know, were very negative about that in my life, but... I have a lot more empathy for that with kids. I'm not saying it's right at all. Yeah. But I do understand how if one of my kids came to me and wanted to get into a career that I didn't understand that felt very like tenuous yeah. or tentative that I'd be like okay, um bowling professionally sounds super exciting. Do we have it? Uh, how yeah. well are well, you I bowling think totally. as a parent yep. now? I mean, a first and foremost, yeah. you're you're like paying for them is paying for me and, they, and amen. But B, it's like you do have a fear that your child will be someone you don't know how to parent. That's a great word, yeah. Which really, it's like you need to back up and be like, you you don't. You never do. I don't know how to parent. You know. Yeah. Anyway, but I I say that just to say I think it. it, it, I've learned. I'll say this. I have learned. There's another side to that too. Absolutely. It is not independent of. Right. But but where yes it can be frustrating and you're screwed up my plan for life but I also think for me I could see myself being like I just I don't know that and it scares me for you mm-hmm, and yeah. I'm just trying to be a good parent going hey if there's a chance if you pass this line you may die well yep. let's just don't pass the line right you know and so I, I I the older I get the more of that energy I start to not at all stand totally. behind but I'm like it's got to be no scary, I can you know? see like, his side. Absolutely. You know, and I and I honestly couldn't see that until I myself became yeah. a dad. Yeah. Um, I found myself on the sidelines watching Palmer, my four year old, play soccer, but not play soccer. Like literally just stand there <laughs> and pointing at an airplane in the sky and I'm like, Palmer, where's the ball? Where's the ball? Just like snap out of it. And my dad used to do the same thing, and so I had to I had to really like talk to myself a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like is yeah. Palmer being really good at soccer for me or is it for her? Right. 100%. You know? Yeah. So, I, you know, so and somebody gave me some great advice like, why don't you just ask her, are you having fun? Yes. Is this dude, fun? That's that's the pro. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. So, you know, I I definitely am seeing some of my my dad in in myself and to this day when I mess up, the visual that I have is my dad in the stands at the baseball field 
with his head in his hands, mm. just shaking his hands. Oh, man. Like, that is the visual that I have when I fail huh. at mm. anything. Mm-hmm. So so now, I mean, this is a perfect segue. You, th- you think about you with your with your girls. How old are they now? Uh, Elliston just turned three. Three. Palmer's four. Four, that's right. Yep. Um, I mean, These are great names, by the way. They're Thanks, amazing. Great Jeez, names. I also eat at that restaurant. Um, <laughs> like, if... How how has your experience from because you kind of had like two dads I mean you you may have even had more than that because mm-hmm. did your your mom remarry my dad yeah my stepdad stepdad that's yeah. right mm-hmm. so like h- how have those informed now your parenting like do do you find that there's I mean, even with Bob like do you find that there's like like lines you see like oh well, yeah okay and that's from there and that, I mean how how mm-hmm. have you what does your parenting as a dad sort of look like? And has it taken on traits from any of those experiences? Mm-hmm. And how has it informed those? Yeah, I mean, I think mostly my dad, just because he was there in the formative yeah, years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think, I think like the the brave, adventurous from Bob, hmm. you know? Um, but, you know, they're still so young that I don't know that we're in the season yeah. of risk-taking Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But what I do know and what I feel strongly is that um, if I see them take interest in something, and I learned that from both, my dad wow. and from Bob, Wow. what not to do on my dad's side and right. what to do on, on Bob's side. Wow. If it, if it costs money, okay, you know? Um, I, thankfully, you know, my mom did buy me my first guitar, you know, my publicist mom. Um, (laughs) but it was, uh, it was, it was a cheap guitar, you know? Yeah. And what I learned from that is that maybe get them a better first guitar, Mm -hmm. even though you don't know if they're going to stick with it, get them one that actually sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it sounds like poop, they're not going to want to keep playing it, you know? And if it's hard to push the, you know, if the action's really high and they can't play it, they're going to give up on it easily. Yeah. So get them like a quality, you know, like cleats or whatever yeah, it is right, that they play. Right, like right, right, golf clubs some, or yeah, get them some decent clubs where where they have a a chance to really like hit the ball. Yeah. And want to duplicate it. Yeah. Because that's what it was for guitar for me. You know, I play that E minor and I'm like. I remember literally drooling when I was learning how to play guitar, <laughs> just sitting there and drool, just like yes. hanging. You, you know, it's funny. I gotta, I gotta say this small aside, just because I, I, it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's. I have to say it. Something that I forget about, like when you know, we're all around the same age. John, you're a little younger than we are. Twenty seven, twenty six. I don't know. Somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, ish. Wait, are we yeah. talking music industry, uh, like bio? There's age a lot of or? lot of ways we can look at this stuff. <laughs> yeah, if we can get to the, no, but I don't know. Piano is a little different, but like it's so funny listening to a podcast about the Beatles and how they dealt with this, and then I literally was listening to this podcast about Les Paul. How back? I mean, we're not that old, but still, even when we were learning guitar, chords were currency. Like if you mm-hmm. knew a chord oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or how to play something, it was the like, doorway in. Well, pre YouTube, I mean, this is forgive everybody that's driving right now. I was rolling their eyes so hard I can feel it. But like, okay, Dave, you're old. What you know, quote what? But it's true. Yeah. And and to your point about <laughs> drooling, like I remember, like I read a uh, uh, th- these stories blow my mind. Paul McCartney and John Lennon would get on. They got on a train, 
for a bus in Liverpool to, to go to a guy's house across the city because he knew how to play a B7. And if you listen to Beatles songs, <laughs> wow. there may not be a chord that is used more than the B7. But li- it was wow. like, they, hey, show me how to do that chord. Les Paul, there's a, this is a true story about him. He went to watch a guitar player play. Uh, oh, uh, back in the saddle. What's that guy's name? Anyway. They took a flashlight, he and his friend, because the, he did. He would play an F, and they didn't know how to play it, and his friend would shine the fr- flashlight onto the stage, and Les Paul would try to draw the chord on a piece of paper as fast as he could. And the dude singing, who, I'm, is it Gene Miller? Invited him up. Who keeps flashing this flashlight? Had him come and showed him how to play. Had him play a song or two on stage. But, but I mean... To the That's point, crazy. like, don't you remember, though, like, when you're learning oh, how yeah. to do it? I remember, like, learning a Dave Matthews song, and my cousin would teach me, and it would be like, how do you know uh, this? Oh, yeah. How right. do you know how to and do this? And then you try that one lick over and over and over again oh, until you man. get it right. Or, like, remember how, trying to learn how to play, like, Satellite for any guitar player? Like, ding, ding, oh, ding, you would just, ding, like, you'd ding. meet one, you know, like, the equivalent of that for, like, the two generations before would be, like, Roxanne. Yeah. You know, or something where you're, like... You know, something that's crazy. I mean, I'm sure there's a million for piano, but I just remember that feeling like yeah. somebody showing you how to do something on an instrument that you couldn't figure out yeah. was like crack. Well, you said it earlier, man. Freak, it, what it was, it wasn't as much chords for me as it was alternate tunings. Oh, bro. Come on. David Indigo Wilcox. Girls. Indigo Girls. Indigo Girls, David Wilcox. They were kind of like my, fr- I remember they were like, I want to be them. Oh, bro. That was like post Garth Emily Brooks. Emily one of the coolest moments of my life still to this day. Top 10 moments, and it will never leave, barring amazing 10 other things yeah, that happened in my life. Right. Uh, Emily Savage and I got to write a song together once. We've become friends, which is the cool one of the cool one yeah. of my most celebrated you, things in my life. You better introduce me to her she at some point. She came to our house when we lived uh, on the other side of 12th South, sat in our room, hung with me and Annie, and we sat down and said, Emily, and I told her before because we'd met on the phone, yeah. through Coward, because he took their pictures, and I told him, yes. he's like, oh, Emily wants to meet you. So, I told him we sat down. I was like, "Listen, this is going to be awkward for about the first twenty minutes, but if you're okay with that, it's going to be an amazing like next couple hours." She's like, "Of course, the coolest person in the world." And I made her sit down and play Galileo in my living room. And Brandon, I I thought I was going to rocket through the. I was just she's oh yeah yeah she's like oh yeah it's like this Galileo and I was like no. It's like I can't keep my soul in my body right now. Yeah, it probably felt like. The heavens open. It was or something st- like. Oh my god! Oh my god! But I mean, all that to say that. Yeah. So 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 with the girls, do you like? Do you find yourself um like do you as they show? I mean, I know they're young still, but as they show interest in those kind of things, is that something like? Are you and CB already kind of talking about like, hey, let's get them doing music or let's get them doing. Is that something that y'all are y'all kind of following their interest? Y'all trying mm-hmm. to think of things? Y'all like we really want them to do these things. Like we, these yeah, are things. we want them to try everything oh, right cool. now. I mean, honestly, we kind of don't want them to be good at sports because we want to be home. Yeah, like yeah, it's like crazy. It's a all thing. Of, all of our friends who drive, you know, you're basically like their chauffeurs around town. And yeah, I'm kind of like, oh god, I hope they are not good at sports. But um, both of them, they love to dance. Oh wow. Palmer especially, she has like kind of like grace, you know. Uh-huh. Wow. Oh, and like ballerina dance. Ballerina okay, dance. Okay. Okay. And then um, Elliston loves to sing. Mm. She has a little better pitch than Palmer does. And uh, just a few days ago, she was singing uh, a song from uh, 
not frozen. Gosh. Oh, my humps. My humps. Was that it? My humps. That's lady loves. Chris Gaines deep cut. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, she was singing a Disney song and knew the words. I mean, she's just turned three. Mm. Yeah. And she's singing all these words I've never heard her even say before. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I can tell she's retaining it in a way that I did. Yeah. Yes. So I'm seeing something about that makes sense to her brain. So, you know, I, I will sit down with them and sing. We sing to them every night. I don't usually bring my guitar in the room, but, you know, sometimes I'll bring my high strung in there because mm. it just is a little yeah, more yeah, lullaby-ish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they both love music mm. in one way or another. Yeah. And so I want to foster that, but I also want them to get this, like, team experience of playing sports, you know. Hey, Dave. Hey, John. Did you know that the average American child is exposed to pornography online by age 13? Oh, man. And that it usually happens by accident. You know, I've heard that, and it is terrifying Terrifying. as a parent. I mean, that scares me to death. I am so glad that we have apps like Canopy, a new next-generation digital parenting app. It's on a mission to change that terrifying statistic. Canopy is an app for smartphones, tablets, and computers that makes the internet safe for kids by blocking explicit images and videos on every single website. It also does a bunch of other useful things to keep kids safer online, like helping detect and stop inappropriate photo sharing, also known as sexting. Check it out at canopy.us slash dadville and get 30 days free plus 15% off the regular price forever when you use promo code dadville at checkout. With Canopy, you'll never have to worry about what your child sees online. Is there anything about that that is like, um, I guess my question is, is there something that you didn't have in your childhood that you find yourself? That's a great question. Now as a dad, you're like, oh, I think I'm pushing this because I want them to have X that I didn't have or whatever. Yeah. Well, this is probably like deeper uh, and you know, then you wanted to go, but just me and their mom staying together mm-hmm. is one thing. Yeah, I yeah. want them to have parents that mm. stay married, yeah. you know, and our, our marriage at times is really tough, mm. but it's really not even in our mind yeah. of them not having the two of us together. So that's number one, really yeah. important. Number two is faith. Uh-huh. There was no faith mm. in our family. Uh, so we have them at a Christian, um, Mother's Day out right now. They're not old enough for school, but they are going to go to a Christian academy here in Nashville. Um, So that's the other thing. And then I think, um, for me, what we didn't really have a ton of was family vacations. Huh, that's interesting. So on my mom's side, none. Like, we went to Charleston when I was in high school. That Hmm. was like the one family vacation we did. On my dad's side, you know, we, we would go to like Gatlinburg, um, we had season passes to Opryland growing up, but I really want them to, you know, I've traveled a lot in my, my work and I want them to see historical places, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So when they learn about it in school, they know what it smells like there. They know right. what the food is like. They know what the culture is like. So it's more real for them Yeah. because I think there's something really valuable in place yeah. And that it's bigger than just Nashville. I know? feel like my my wife is 
big on that right now, especially right now. Dave, you and I just talked about this the other day about how like Amy is really big on like building experiences, like mm-hmm. memories. And you know, our our girls are a little bit older now, so like doing some of these things is not as painful as it might be when they were younger. Or mm-hmm. sometimes we would anytime we left the house, we're like, Why are we even doing this? Let's just stay home. But it's like our kids would be fine with just playing anywhere. Like mm-hmm. our kids our kids are fine. So it's like that sort of like back and forth of like well, is it, should we build all these experiences for them mm-hmm. or should we, are, you know, are they fine just kind of hanging with whatever? I'm sort of you know, back and forth. CB and I are, are similar and a little different in, in this thought. Like CB wants to go like really kind of like in, in holidays, like around Christmas time. Yeah. Like lots of little like, Traditions. Yeah, yeah lots yeah, of traditions yeah. where I might be okay with like two uh, traditions, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think to CB's credit, my wife, um, we're trying to figure out what sticks, you know, what traditions yeah, yeah, we yeah, want to yeah. repeat. Yep. Right. And she's wonderful because I don't want her to stop, but I, I'm different in that I I don't see as much value in doing lots of traditions. Right. Just having a few things and keeping it a little more simple. Where... At the same time, I get into trouble is that I want things like I, I want a trip to be really grand. Mm. Like mm-hmm. if we go to Disney, I want to stay at a Disney hotel. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to, you know, do all the Disney. You know, I don't right. want to do Airbnb and you right. know, I want it to be like all out. Right. Where CB might be like, you know, we can stay down the road for fifteen hundred dollars less. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know? So we're we're kind of figuring that out, but um, you know, even even with CB and I on date nights, sometimes you know she she is okay with like just going to local taco, you know, yeah. where I want to go to a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're we're it's it's funny even in our marriage we're trying to figure out what that is mm-hmm. that we don't need to, these huge grand expressions of yeah. love and it, uh, you know experiences it's more just about being together so with you and cb how long have you guys been married now uh we're we're about to celebrate eight years okay i'm curious like are you have you guys been married longer than your parents were married before they that's crazy look this is johnny mac he's gonna come with the heat that's all he knows (laughs) yeah fastball down the middle (laughs) (laughs) um so i think my dad well, my dad's last marriage was around 20 years before he passed away. So my dad passed away four years ago. And then my mom was married 20-something years. Um, they were separated for some of those years. Um, but, you know, my mom and dad were only do, were only married for seven years. Oh, so it is longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just curious if that, I mean, that being the first thing you said that you want for your kids. Yeah. If, is that like a ball you got your eye on? Like, okay, yeah. Now we're past that point, you know. We're oh uh, yeah, we're past, you know, but only a year past, right? You know, right. Like but for you me, still won. That's the point. I still won. You won. Beat you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Um, so no, uh, yeah, I, I, that that was important for me. So maybe that's the first milestone. But then, like, just getting through the really tough years, right? And CB and I have already had tough years in mm-hmm. our marriage yeah. that we've had to really like push through and even right now 
figuring out uh, what does career look like, you know, traveling, touring, and then family time. I mean, even last week, we are we're trying to figure that out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm and I, and I don't want my girls' years because they are already flying by. I know they're flying by. Yep. I don't need somebody else to tell me you appreciate it because it's gonna go by right. quick. I got it. it yeah, I, I can yeah, see I'm fully it aware. that it's happening, and I think that's the other part of becoming a dad when I'm 40. You know, like I've lived enough life. Mm-hmm. And done enough things that this is my new priority. And yeah. I, I really want to be around. So we're trying to do that. That's the challenge. Um, but, you know, even last night when, when my, my three-year-old was having a nightmare, she was calling out for daddy. You know, mm. she wasn't calling out for mommy. And I don't want to be gone when she's calling out yeah. for me in the middle of the night because mm. she's having yeah. a nightmare. You know, I want to be able to be there and mm. to go and you know, soothe her. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. What is that? So, so last question here, and then we can, we have a couple then we'll release you back to the, uh, to the wild, to the PR <laughs> company. Uh, so we end, we end every podcast with these two questions. Um, I'll ask the first one. What is the one thing you want your kids to know? That they are loved by God and by, by their heavenly father and their earthly father. Hmm. Yeah, well that's said. Great. Yeah. What do you want your kids to say at your funeral? Mm-hmm. Uh, dang, y'all are like <laughs> another fastball. Gotcha. What do I want them to say at my funeral? He was there. Wow, he was there. Yeah, he was around. Yeah, that is that's really a great good. answer. Mike drop. Anyways, <laughs> Mike. I mean, literally, we were so all seriously. Like, well, I mean. <laughs> What a great answer. He that is a there. really, really good answer. As When you were talking about uh, your three-year-old having a nightmare and calling out for daddy, I'm like, that is a win right there. That your yeah. child is I- in the middle of the night is calling out yeah. for daddy. Yeah. Because, you know, we we I think the very first episode that we recorded with just Dave and I, we talked about, <laughs> this is, thank God, has changed for me since. But oh yeah, my kids, I mean... <laughs> Every morning, you didn't I, really I would need wake to them be up. there. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, they they did not want me there. Like I would open yeah. the door to their bedroom at the first thing in the morning, and my day would start with, no! oh yeah, like disappointment. <laughs> totally. Not, I mean, disappointment is like low on the list. <laughs> Number one is like <laughs> shock and disgust. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, guys, how can you be shocked every morning that yeah, it's me? Right. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, last plug. New album, just real quick. April yes. 22nd. April 22nd. Um, Enough Already is the name of it. Uh, it's eight tracks, so literally 35 minutes, and you've listened to the record. Boom. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to I hear it. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you. I love, I love what I've heard so far, so can't wait to steal all your good ideas. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Dad <laughs> 